It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. Right on, baby. Yes, sir. Bears fans, this is Take the North. It's real simple. You know, if you take a person's legs away, they can't run. With your hosts, David Hawn. Are they setting people up for this unrealistic expectation that 2023, they're suddenly going to use that $100 million in cap space and all this draft capital they have? Voila! playoff contender and Dan Weeder and you think suddenly that there are going to be 40 new players that are all difference makers I just don't know what fantasy land that is we're going to take the north and never give it back welcome to the take the north podcast on your odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts on this Sunday night I am David Haw from the Mullinhaw show on 670 score Dan Weederer from Soldier Field, still finishing up writing from the Chicago Tribune. Dan, 29 to 13, <laughs> uh, it's over. It's finally over. Tenth loss in a row, franchise record. Fourteenth loss of the season, also a record. And yet here we are, 3 and 14. The Bears finish up Matt Eberflus's first season, and there is a sense of joy. Uh, how would you describe the mixed emotions if they are even mixed at all as the Bears lose their 14th game and find themselves drafting first overall in April? It depends on who you are uh, to determine what your emotions are. But I would just say this, that in the context of a, a, a really long and strange season, today registers as silly. Like the whole day was silly from the fact that the Bears had a quarterback rotation using Nathan Peterman and Tim Boyle in the final week of a regular season was silly. And then without question the craziest stuff to happen on this Sunday was what was going on in, in Indianapolis, which, by the way, our old friend Rich Campbell was in attendance at that game with his son at the finale at Lucas Oil Stadium and watched the play that ultimately gave the Bears the number one pick with the Texans. Unbelievable, kind of upset, 32-31 win over the Indianapolis Colts. The Bears are picking number one overall, so we may need to have Rich on later in the week to give us the uh, the scene from Indy. That would be a good idea. I think everybody was uh, watching that more closely than they're watching anything at Soldier Field. We were in the press box as it unfolded, and then the walk down, the reaction, it was obvious in Chicago, there's going to be a sense of joy. It just, and I know this is in the minority, but it just struck me, and I said to you on the way down, it's somewhat uh, <laughs> ambivalent, absurd. I don't know what the right word is. I wrote it and check it out at 670score.com. Your column is on Chicago Tribune. Dot com. Dan, it's 14 losses into the season that can't end soon enough. And I think that there's a sense of excitement because of the number one overall pick that I think sometimes overlooks or masks just how bad these problems are. And you can have $100 million in cap space and you can draft number one overall and you can feel very good about the direction if you hire the right team president. This is the NFL. You are in a division where the Lions have gotten better, the Packers are the Packers, and the team that beat you today is not going away. Yeah. I would just think that that's an odd combination to celebrate. 
Well, there's two ways to look at this. And and we have looked at it one way for a long time and we'll continue to look at it that way through an offseason that's going to be, as you and I have discussed and, and is well established, a very exciting and development full offseason, right? The next four months are going to be full of a lot of twists and turns, a team president being hired, the free agency frenzy of, of March, the draft in April, everything that the team does to position itself to be better. But today I'm giving a free pass and looking at today through a today lens only. And then today with a Bears team that we know is awful, with a Bears team that we know is in last place, with a Bears team that had nothing to play for today, they did they took care of their business and lost <laughs> to the Minnesota Vikings. And then the, and then and then the, the, they got the best possible result down in Indianapolis because let's be honest, that number one pick now is far more valuable than the number two pick would be in terms of trade value and what they can command. They they dictate that market now. And now I think you and I are in total agreement that that what they ultimately turn this number one pick into isn't what some folks on this day are dreaming it can become. But in the context of today, through a today-only lens, this was undoubtedly a silly, adrenaline-filled day for Bears fans. And it's kind of been a silly, adrenaline-filled <laughs> year because there have been the highs of, of, uh, of Justin Fields emerging as a big play threat, the guy yeah. who was on the verge of, of making an NFL history. And, and I, I think that's a good way to look at it. This team, this Bears team today probably – fulfilled its assignments as well as any team did on any <laughs> given Sunday all season long. I, I'm not I'm not here to, to rain in anybody's parade. I think it's terrific and exciting that now they have the number one overall pick. It certainly is great content for people that cover the team and talk about the team. And it is different in value of, from drafting first and drafting second. We have seen recent examples of that. It creates another uh, door of possible opens another door of possibility. Brad Biggs addressed it today in the Chicago Tribune, much to some people's chagrin about the possibility if the Bears are serious about taking the best player available. What if that's a quarterback on their board? This is a lot of conversations. These are a lot of conversations we'll have in the months ahead. <laughs> they, they did what they needed to do, and they got some help uh, from Lovey Smith, who won a game. And the last time he won a game that meant this much to the Bears organization, they advanced to the Super Bowl. Not only won a game, but won a game with a fourth and 20 touchdown pass in the final minute, which should have been an easy interception. David, even at your age, you could have gone out there and showed off your ball skills that you had once upon a time and picked off that pass. Or at the very least, been the guy on the backside of the, of, of the tight end who cut the touchdown and, and made a play on the ball. Just a complete disaster. I, I called it the AFC South Tailspin Bowl there at Lucas Oil Stadium because both of those teams are, are directionless and a an utter mess. And the fact that the Bears benefit from that slide that happened in Lucas Oil Stadium is just—it's silly, it's funny, it's—it's it's entertaining uh, from that lens today, and it's just a, what, what a wild day. And and then now it sets the stage again for an off season where there there is a lot for us to get at. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Yeah, I think so because you're right. It wasn't so much that that the Texans beat the Colts is that they came back. And First had a lead, then gave up the lead. lead. <laughs> they blew it. And, and number 25, I'm trying to look for the, the Colts roster who the Davis Mills dropped back and was pressured and heaved it. It was fourth and 20. Okay. <laughs> it was fourth and 20 at the 28 yard line and he heaved it downfield. And I mean, he did the only thing that he could do. It was actually a good play to get rid of it. And I think it was number 25 safety, Rodney Thomas okay. from Yale, who then you could not try to miss a ball any more than this guy missed on that one. It went right through his hands. Yeah. Right through his hands. Yeah. And you're right. Thank you for the insult slash compliment. But if I'm standing <laughs> there and I'm catching that ball 10 out of 10 times, maybe nine out of 10 might get hit and drop it. But it, the point being, yeah, that was a remarkable victory. And, and, and the Texans did what they needed to do. I would love they to had know to go the for rhetoric two down also. there. They, they also had to go for two points to, 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 to cap off that touchdown to actually get the win by going for two there. And can you imagine if, you know, if they had, if they had settled for the kick and then it was another tie and then all the things would have been sideways and that what a, just a wacky, wacky day in the league. I wanted to ask Matt Eberflus this post game, but he already had declined to comment on finding out that the Texans had actually won. Uh, and, and I don't think he wanted to talk about that. He'll get his chance on Monday and certainly Tuesday. Dan, what if the Bears were in a situation like that similarly? Do you think that he goes for two in that situation? Yeah, probably. I don't know. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to know, right? And, and I mean, there are people mad at Lovey Smith in Houston right now. <laughs> Understandably, because they just gave up the pos- – I mean, that organization needs a quarterback more than anybody. And they just gave up the possibility of taking potentially Bryce Young at number one. Now, again, the draft board is all up for uh, you know speculation, and, and how it turns out five years up the road is never what it is in the moment. Um, but, yeah, that's a bad win. That's a bad win for the Houston Texans, particularly with the, the, the buzz in league circles that Lovey's potentially out the door. Uh, on Black Monday, right? And so, so you may, may be getting fired and leaves his bosses with a parting gift. To, hey, sorry about that. <laughs> well, he, as I wrote, he could get fired on Monday and run for mayor in Chicago on Friday and probably make a heck of a run because he has never been more popular than he is today. That Texans victory puts the Bears in the number one spot. And that's what it's all about. That's what the season has been all about. <laughs> they, it, it is tanking the North. Thank you for listening. Tanking the North. And that's what they did today. When you trot out Nathan Peterman, backed up by Tim Boyle, with due respect, Dan, Nathan Peterman showed up in the postgame interview room, and it was two people there, I believe. John <laughs> you Greenberg were one and of myself. Them. Yeah. Yes. And I looked at John, and I looked at Nathan, and I felt really uh, – you, you want to – he's a professional athlete. He's an accomplished athlete, and you want to pay him respect. But there was really nothing to ask him. So we just kind of talked to him and asked him questions – that would be under the category of perfunctory. Nice young man, great professional athlete, a, a credit to his profession. But I have no idea why I was talking to him post game. 
Well, that's why, that's why I say this was just such a silly day in every way, right? Like the starting quarterback of the Bears, who, by the way, was part of a rotation. He played, and then he went to the bench, and he came back in, then he went back to the bench again. You know, Colleen and I, uh, Colleen Kane and I were talking as we got off the elevator after postgame and said, we never asked the head coach of the Bears about that quarterback rotation he used in a regular season game, right? Like that's an odd omission on a day like this. And we never talked to him about the, the punt that he took from the 34-yard line. Again, a punt and pin situation for Matt Eberflus, opting not to try a 52-yard field goal with Cairo Santos, opting not to go for it on fourth down and, and, and punting. Those things were trivial. They didn't matter. Today meant nothing except for the watch of the Texans-Colts game and what the Bears are doing here. Cole Komet, to his credit, in the locker room afterwards was a little bit I don't want to say peeved, but peeved is probably the right word. It was just the questions about getting the number one pick and saying, look, like that's for the people upstairs. Like I, I take no pride in being part of the team that lost, you know, 14 games, finished in last place and earned this distinction as the worst team in football. You know, we're number one. I, I wrote in my column. I'm surprised there weren't confetti cannons here at Soldier Field to shoot off when that when that Texans game ended, you know, because that's the last time Lovey won a big game. You know, <laughs> yeah. they were celebrating going to the Super Bowl. Today it felt that way in some way. Good for Cole Komet. Because, Dan, I mean, I know I'm shouting into the wind and, I, you know, <laughs> well, you know what I'm doing. You know how that feels. Uh, but Cole Komet basically standing up and then what he was saying was, they're competitors, and this whole idea about losing isn't everything. It's the only thing uh, that has taken over professional sports franchises, as bad as the Bears have become. The, the underlying thing about this celebration, about getting the number one pick, congratulations, everybody. You stink. You stink <laughs> yeah. so bad that you can draft first because we feel sorry for you. That's what this is all about. I, I, I get it. It's great content today. It's great content moving forward. But it just at some point in time, you take a step back and you think, OK, now what? Yeah, I think you're really going to make up that kind of ground. And next year at this time, you're going to be talking about uh, a 10 win team. Uh-uh. So, so, so if you want to take that step back, I'm going to give you the half step back tonight. And we're going to talk okay. about four things right now that I okay. put in my column at ChicagoTribune.com just to highlight what this is all about. Right. You agree with me if these are four important things to do as a successful football team. Stop the run. Rush the passer protect the quarterback, and throw the ball. Do you think those things are, are things that successful football teams do? Absolutely. All right. So let me give you the context of the 2022 Bears. Stopping the run, the Bears allowed 2,674 rushing yards this season, the most ever allowed by a Bears team. They allowed 157.3 yards per game, which was 31st in the league, second only to the putrid Texans. Can I get a PU on that? All right. Rushing the passer, 20 sacks. Fewest by any team in the league this year, Jaquan Brisker, a rookie safety, finished as the team leader with four sacks. David, the lowest team leading sack total for a Bears player since sacks became an official stat 40 years ago. Okay, protecting the quarterback. Nathan Peterman got sacked in the first quarter by Pat Jones. 58th time this year that a Bears quarterback had been sacked. Offensive line used nine starting combinations up front starting starting combinations on the offensive line in 17 games to today was the ninth couldn't protect the quarterback all year finally this is the one that that's probably going to make some people uh squirm throwing the football right the bears season ending average 130.5 passing yards per game not only last in the nfl this season by a country mile it puts them in a class of 11 teams david in the last 25 years that have finished a year averaging fewer than 140 passing yards per game. Just to dial in on that stat a little bit more, 795 NFL teams have played an NFL season in the last quarter century. The Bears rank sixth worst 
out of 795 NFL teams in passing yards per game. For further context, 116 teams since 1998, that same span, have averaged double the amount of passing yards that the Bears did this season. Okay, stopping the run, rushing the passer, protecting the quarterback, throwing the ball. Golden sombrero for, for the Bears, David. Let me tell you about this half step you allowed me to take back. Okay, So I'm going to stay there. And as I stay there in this half step back before we take a bigger step back, I'm going to tell you this. It might surprise you. I agree with everything you just said about the priorities, especially for this Bears team, because they did run the ball well. That's a small consolation. 3,000 yards. They ran the ball well. They got 3,000 yards. But of all the four tenants that you identified as being important to a winning football team, and I agree with, to me, the easiest one to address for the Bears and the closest they are to getting a solution to the problem is the passing game. Is the passing game. Hold on. And I, But I'm not, I'm not even saying hold on. I know you're not going to jump down. I, I'm just saying I'm, I'm defensive. Do I sound defensive? I think it's, I think it's the passing game. And, and, and that's kind of why I'm in the in this frame of mind I'm in after a season like this. It's not easy just to say, oh, well, we have draft uh, capital and, and cap space, and we're going to stop the run with these guys that we buy in draft. Oh, we're going to rush the passer with guys we buy in draft. You got to be right. You got to yeah. be strategic. You got to be smart. I don't know if this regime under Ryan Poles is those things because if they're not, you're not going, you know, it doesn't matter where you're drafting. You're going to be doomed. And I think that maybe, maybe I just have seen it too often before all these hopes and, and dreams dashed because they couldn't get one aspect right. And, and same goes for the offensive line. What are you going to do there to protect the passer? It's going to, it's not as easy as it sounds. So of all those four things, I think you're closer with Justin Fields than you are with the rest of the roster, which is why I will hold my applause. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, there, there are some that have characterized this as an ideal season, you know, and, and the ideal season is that you have more players on your team that can help you win a championship, you know, and like you have five wins, you pick lower in the draft, but you have, you already have, you know, five or six more players in your roster that can be building blocks toward a, an actual championship team than you have now. And you don't have to go use all this uh, draft capital and free agency money to, to, to go comb the the college draft class and and the flea market of free agency for guys to come in here and help you. So like, that's, that's an exaggeration. And I think that's what we fought all year long is just the exaggeration of things that aren't as milestone as people want to believe they are. The, the, this team right now understands the work it has ahead of them. I asked Matt Eberflus post game what he feels about his union with, with, with Ryan Poles and how they're going to attack this thing together. And he, he expressed some, some pretty uh, sharp eagerness about the, the collective vision they have and even listed the traits of football players that, that he and Ryan Poles agree are important, but also just felt like they've got a better understanding of their roster and that they can attack this thing this offseason with, with a clear approach. But the clearer picture of your roster shows you all the things that we just talked about. Holes, 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 deficiencies, flaws, flaws, holes, deficiencies, another flaw, a hole, another flaw over here, a hole, and then another deficiency. That's the that, that's the danger, frankly, in letting it bottom out and, and doing that to the point because, you, well, you got your quarterback. Hey, congratulations. He's a great blossoming talent. He's going to be a Pro Bowl caliber guy. But <laughs> if he doesn't have anything else, I, and, and maybe this will all fall into place. I, I hope that a year from now we're not talking about double-digit losses again, but it's conceivable because I don't think that this uh, 
is going to go as smoothly as the the enthusiasm over getting the number one overall pick suggests. We'll study it. We'll talk about it. It's terrific content. But let's just, um, yeah, I, I, um, today the Bears did what they needed to do. They got blown out. Yeah, well, look, and I said to you uh, on the way down that you look around this league, and I put this on Twitter later, that the Bears should trade the number one overall pick for a spot in the AFC South. Right, like go, go ahead and trade and, and and get these games against teams like the Texans and Colts who are in complete disarray. Like that, and somebody somebody responded to that on Twitter and said they should trade the Raiders the number one pick for Allegiant Stadium. And I would aim higher. I would I would trade with the Vikings for U.S. Bank Stadium and try try and get that stadium if we're making if we're making outlandish trade proposals. We'll see where this all goes. Uh, again, like the, 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 there was a, a lack of seriousness to the, today that I kind of embraced. To some extent, I put, I put a tweet out in the second half. I said, you know, Tim Boyle just missed Dante Pettis on an out route there. That's a, a, a pass he's going to want to have back. And, you know, tongue in cheek, all this. And somebody got back at me real quickly and said, either that's an A-plus troll job uh, or you're completely out of your mind. And I just said, cool it, Patrick. Like, don't ruin this for me. You know, like, <laughs> we've got an opportunity to, like, it, it was a full green light for everybody here at Soldier Field that you didn't have to take the day seriously because the Bears weren't taking it seriously. And so that's, that's where we kind of wound up in week 18 of a, of a weird last place season. All right. We don't want to be here all day because we've got a Monday. We're going to drop on Tuesday. Uh, regular schedule. We have a uh, Ryan Poles meeting the media on 10:30 on Tuesday morning. We're going to try to talk to each other and drop a pod after that on Wednesday morning. So we've got a busy week ahead. Let's give out game balls and wrap this thing up. Let's bring in Adam Studzinski. Studs is watching, uh, monitoring the Texans game, watching the Bears game, doing laundry, whatever else you were doing <laughs> on the afternoon. Studs, you got any game balls worth giving? Yeah, yeah, I uh, got a lot done during that game. No, I was really just flipping back and forth between the Bears and then red zone and trying to catch the Texans game. And uh, so, yeah, uh, and look, I a game ball during to the to the someone for, uh, for the Bears today. If so, I'd say Bayless Jones. But I'm going to give my game ball to Lovey Smith. What a guy! I mean, not only the, the choice to go for two is <laughs> such a slap in the face to like. Not a slap in the face, but like like everyone that's watching that and you're a Bears fan, like, oh my God, they're actually going to go for two and try to win the game. Because at that point, you're there. You've already lost all these games. Losing, you know, you get the number one pick while you're at it. And it's just, of course, Lovey's going to go for it because he's a football guy and he wants to win the game. And that's why I love him. <laughs> so, so I've never thanks, felt thanks closer Lovey. to Lovey Smith than today. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, you know, we got we're on Twitter, you know, putting out statue like and and you're right david like he's ne- he, this is the most popular love he's been in chicago since they won the nfc championship in 2000 2007 I, 2006 season i, I wonder so, yeah so lovey smith gets mine I, I wonder guys if lovey wanted to make sure he didn't lose to jeff saturday more than he <laughs> wanted to make sure that he didn't you know that they that he preserved the pick I mean, how about the idea of just how 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 the complete disarray that th- those two franchises are in right now, both of them? I mean, like you couldn't be in more disarray than those franchises, which is what you know part of the reason the Jacksonville Jaguars are a division champion and and headed to the playoffs. Right. I, I like the direction they're in, but man, it would be really fun to be able to beat up on teams that just have nothing happening and going in the right direction right so, now. My- so stick around while, while Dan gives you his because we'll get the three word uh, summations in a moment. 
Yeah, okay. so my game ball is going to go to Valus Jones. Studs brought him up just a minute ago. He had that 42-yard touchdown run. Uh, not only a, a, a display of speed, but a little uh, balance there along the right sideline, staying in bounds when he had to turn a corner and cutting it up the field. I said in, in September that Valus Jones would be the most disappointing player on this 2022 Bears team. I'll take my victory lap on that tonight and again a couple times in the coming weeks. But he ended the season with a, a couple strong moments, whether it be on kick returns. He added a 28-yard reception today, and you saw some signs of a guy that, okay, like you don't have to necessarily put him out on the curb this offseason. You can continue to work with him and figure out how he fits in your plans going forward. So a nice finish for the rookie after a long year. Yeah, he made a couple big plays. If he would have made another big play that would have gotten in the way of losing, he would have been benched again. <laughs> I mean, he was way too good today. All right, I'm going to go with my guy, Cole Komet, because your guy, Cole Komet, I liked number one. When he caught the ball, a couple of oh, receptions yeah. he had four. He was he was serious. He wasn't cashing out. He wasn't waiting to see oh where – he was running hard. And then – Post game, he brought it hard. I like the way that he talked. I like the way that he approached things. When you talk about guys who are going to be starters and part of a team, if the Bears ever do get good again, I hope Cole Komet is at the forefront and center of that because he's a guy that not only because he's local, he's easy to like. Well, and you heard Matt Eberflus again with a sort of a glowing testimonial of who Cole Komet is and what they're trying to build. And he represents a lot of what Matt Eberflus's vision is, you know, and that touchdown was an example of that. And they're going to try to get him better. Like they want him to be a better pass catching tight end and a guy that can make, you know, in traffic catches in the end zone. But certainly he's a, he's one of the, the few building blocks that they have on this team that I think we'd all agree that if we fast forward the roster to 2024, we'd say, yeah, this guy's going to be going to be part of what you're trying to do. All right, studs, three three words, some uh, submissions that we saw and we received at the Take the North pod on the Twitter machine. So a lot of, as you guys can imagine, a lot of these were pretty much all themes were number one. So I tried to not get so many, tried to not select <laughs> so many of those. Uh, so with uh, at Edge Johnson, at Edge underscore Johnson, excuse me, he says phone lines are open. And then he's got a gif of of Ryan Poles on there to emphasize the Bears are ready to ready to sell that number one pick. You have at a Bowman seventy eight with the perfect tank, which I, which is something that I've been kind of tossing around the idea of a couple months. And E G underscore Gregory Lovey loves Chicago. A lot of love for <laughs> Lovey in here. And uh, uh, let me see a few more here. Full at F-O-L-S 54, Operation Tank. And then this one is kind of a two-parter. At Shy underscore Bears underscore. So 2022, three-word review, tear it down. 2023, build it up. So this person is really <laughs> future. And I think this was my favorite one. Uh, at Papa underscore Roche, as, as in R-O-S-C-H, said, we sucked awesomely. <laughs> and there, there was another one in there, Lovey for President, which I thought. So, again, a lot, a lot of love for Lovey Smith in these. Cool. Dan? If I'm well, I don't have one today. And this is one of my favorite things to do after the game is to go home and pull up that thread and go through them because you get you get a lot of feedback yeah. and some, some people who get into it. And I love it. But if I'm am I seeing this correctly, that the, that the Seahawks have officially beaten the Rams and that tonight's Packers Lions game that I was looking so forward to having full meaning has half meaning now. Is that correct? Uh, I, I, I was I, I was. Right. I'm not sure. I need to check that because I think they just won in overtime. From what from what I'm seeing in if my peripheral case, vision here, who was whose bright did. idea was to put that game in prime time? 
Like, I, like I, I, I'm legitimately bummed about this because imagine being on the Lions or a Lions fan and waking up this morning with a, the idea that you had a chance to play a primetime game with a chance to go in the playoffs. And then before the game starts, you're eliminated. You know what? For all the fun Bears fans had today, this has got to be torture for Lions fans. I'm like, now what? You know, that, that, that deflating blow. And so now that uh, takes a little bit out of my uh, my enjoyable Sunday night that I was looking forward okay, to. Okay, I have three possible, possible submissions. Number one, mercifully, comma. It's over. Uh, number two, Lovey strikes again. Number three, Lions still better. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give you one that goes off the final column that I, or the final line that I had in my column, and it's to the DeLorean, uh, because back to the future we go now, right? Like all the attention can go to the future now. Marty, Marty, get in the car. We're going to go get the number one jump pick. Oh, I know. We have been here before. <laughs> I know. And we here we are again. All right. Good job, studs. Way to go. Good job, Dan at Soldier Field. Dan's column is at chicagotribune.com. Check it out. My column is at 670thescore.com. Check it out. We will be back uh, after tomorrow's open locker, locker clean out. Yeah, access. Clean. I'm hoping we hear from Justin Fields, David. I hope that we get one last chance to talk to him before he heads off into his offseason. I sure hope so. I mean, that would be appropriate. I think people would know what to ask Justin Fields, unlike me sitting in the front row <laughs> and with Nathan Peterman showed up behind the podium today. I was a little flabbergasted. Yeah. Like, well, okay. Anyway, um, we will be also special pod this week with Ryan Poles talking. We'll get, keep you updated on the Twitter, uh, on our Twitter account at take the North pod. So that wraps it up. Our reaction after the Bears 29 to 13 season ending record setting loss to the Minnesota Vikings. They end the season at three and 14. We will be back on Monday. Thanks for checking us out on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on the YouTube channel for 670 The Score. For Dan Wienerer, I'm David Haw. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody.